Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Observer Podcast. My name is Jeff Kriska, and I'm here as always with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. And we were not delayed by COVID. Not once, not twice, not thrice. None at all. We are here on time for you. Gentlemen, how's today going for you? Uh, I have Josh Jacobs on my big money league team in a must-win week. So, so my last, my day's been okay. My last hour, not so good. Not so great. Mike, how are you? I'm doing all right. Always uh, pretty good after a, a morning stroll, a um, couple miles, and so I'm getting some exercise in and cold weather, which is always, you know, good. I always enjoy the cold weather, so it's good to get out there. I'm I'm an overheater. I, I get too hot too fast. So yeah, cold weather exercise is what I like too. Um, so yeah, it sounds like we're 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 simpatico there on that one. Absolutely. I always Absolutely. have to lug I always have to lug so much water in the summer for my kids. So yeah, cold weather. Tell them to start fending for themselves. About like, the, then they'll find a drinking fountain and put their lips all over it. Well, tell them to carry their own water bottles. And if they lose it, if they lose it, tough. Tough noogies. Yeah, Guess who's I'll, not getting I'll, water? I'll strap some packs on them. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Start using them like a like a, a pack mule. There's right. many purposes. There you go. All right. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go ahead. We're going to look forward at week 13. And we're also going to take a look back at the last game of week 12, which ended on Wednesday. I was Ravens Steelers, Ravens 19, Steelers 14. We'll get to that. But first, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Um, short housekeeping today. If you want to come join the discussion, uh, tiny.cc slash FB absurdity gets you to the Discord. If you want to see the answers to these questions here, uh, our, our recap of the week you can go ahead and join us at patreon.com slash football absurdity that does get you access to a patrons only channel um but to be honest most people don't end up using the patrons channel because the discord community is so active and vibrant that you get more you get you know a more diverse uh, set of opinions over there in the general chat so uh good stuff going on lots of people uh have some you know questions about johnny smith about josh jacobs about all kinds of stuff that, I've, that i saw in there today so uh, we'll get that a little bit today um, in the podcast, but um, first, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So this one went was about as ugly as we all anticipated. Like I said, Pittsburgh 19, Baltimore 14. Pittsburgh is now 11 and 0. Baltimore uh, is six and five. Um, RG3 did get hurt in this one. He injured his hamstring, but they're looking like because the Ravens are going to play uh, an extra late game on Tuesday next week that. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson is probably going to be cleared to play for that. So it's going to be otherwise inconsequential. So nothing too big on this one. Um, I would list the players that were out for this game, but just go ahead and pull up the Ravens uh, roster and just assume everybody was out. Also toss in uh, James Connor for the Steelers, Marquise Pouncey for the Steelers. And uh, you had what was a hideous game played in the middle of the week and uh, was disgusting. So Mike, you wanted to know, Chase Claypool versus Juju Smith-Schuster versus Deontay Johnson. If any, but any one of these guys can return top 15 wide receiver weeks this past week. Yeah, none of them could, uh, but all three of them finished in double digits. Johnson caught eight for 46, giving him 12 and a half points. If you want to do points, half points, Claypool six for 52, giving him 11. And it was only Juju who finished in the top, 24 with an 8 for 37 and a touchdown. Uh, finished as a wide receiver, 19. 
you know, I, I think all three of them could have had much more points um, if they just didn't dip their hands in butter before hitting the field. I mean, well, I've never seen so many. That's problems. Deontay Johnson's problem this well, game. It was just everything. It was, yeah, Johnson had a big problem. Um, Eric Ebron had a big problem. Uh, Claypool dropped, I think, one or two. Um, Juju, I don't think, dropped any. But, um, yeah, it was it was all around. I mean, we expect Ebron to do it. But Deontay Johnson, as you mentioned, at least had three or four. And it was just like, whoa, dude. Yeah, this made me this game actually made me uh, take a closer look at Deontay Johnson and his uh, drops. And uh, he drops. I didn't even realize he dropped so many balls before this game. He has six drops on the year, uh, which is number four among uh, wide receivers. So lots of drops. And his drop rate is lower than that. It's 20. He's 28th among uh, wide receivers. But dropping 6% of your balls, that's almost a that's you know a drop every other game pretty much. That's too much for a, for a wide receiver. Um, didn't even realize it till this game that I, I made me dig into it. Yeah, Deontay, he's got the dropsies a little bit. Um, Evan, you wanted to know on the other side if Gus Edwards could take a running back one production. Um, we thought that they were supposed to be cleared, they being J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, and I guess they were, but they didn't get cleared in time, so they didn't make the flight. I'm not sure what the story is there, but we did have the Ju- Gus Edwards show, um, but not really. We had Nine somebody else. Carries, Ten yards. He got a touchdown. <laughs> Off to the memory hole with this one. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Justice Hill had nine carries for 35 yards and kicked in five extra yards to the air. So he actually was a more efficient player, but neither one of them was very good. That's the thing. Neither one of them was very good. Um, I'm going to say that we didn't miss anything in this one because I want to take this whole game, crumple it up, and throw it out the window. I haven't had a burn the tape game in a while. There were some bad games last week, and... um, this one took the cake. This is I, I just want to pretend this game didn't happen um, because it was just so bad all around. You had drops. You had inefficient running. You had uh, Trace McSorley getting a touchdown to Marquise Brown when it was uh, I just nobody wanted to tackle Marquise Brown. Nobody even wanted to take an, a, a something that resembled an appropriate angle to tackle Marquise Brown on that touchdown. It was just a nightmare all around. So I'm going to say what's, it, what's like that a pre- preseason game. It, it yeah. really was. It was just. You know, all around, like, okay, we're we're just going to go through the motions just to go through the motions, and whatever the outcome is, the outcome is. Yeah, that's pretty much what ended up happening, because I think that uh, both teams saw this as a uh, a done deal, sort of a fait accompli, where the Steelers are like, all right, we're going to steamroll the Ravens, and the Ravens wouldn't admit it, but they are probably like, all right, our main goal is to just get through this week without getting hurt, you know, and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the next one, because the Wednesday afternoon game, you could tell that both teams were – not feeling it even in the slightest that it was like you said, Mike, it was felt like a preseason game. So, all right, let's get, let's move on to week 13. So, uh, for most of us, um, I'm in a couple leagues where it isn't, but this is the first week of the play or the last week of the regular season before the playoffs, you get Tampa Bay and Carolina on by, um, if you play in two week playoffs, uh, sorry, you don't get uh, Tampa Bay or Carolina's players for the first week of your playoffs, which stinks. But, um, but yeah, I'm in a bunch of winning in scenarios. I'm sure you guys are in the same position. So let's start talking about the games. New Orleans at Atlanta. New Orleans are nine and two. Atlanta is four and seven. This is a 45 point over under with New Orleans as three point road favorites and uh, injuries in this one. Um, 
Michael Thomas is was quote limited with an ankle injury. He's expected to play. Julio Jones has a hamstring issue and he quote feels pretty good practicing full on Friday. Calvin Ridley has a foot and ankle injury. He was limited, but he should be good to play this weekend. That that one is definitely a situation to monitor. Luckily, it's a 10 a.m. game, so you'll know 90 minutes before kickoff if he's going to be playing. If he's playing, you play him. And um, in this one, uh, Evan, you're trying to figure out if uh, there's any emerging wide receiver to. Yeah, I don't think uh, Julio Jones is going. Um, that's not been ruled official yet, at least on my end here. And then what? In the beginning of the year, it was Russell Gage. But yes, last time with the in a 43 to six blowout, Matt Ryan managed to have a disappointing game. I, I, I don't fully get his, how he pulls this off, but it's amazing. Uh, Russell Gage had uh, five targets for 34 yards, which is not impressive. Um, no other receiver had more than two targets besides, of course, Calvin Ridley. So I don't know. I think I, I think Atlanta might be one of those teams where when one of the two main guys goes down and everybody goes, all right, who's going who's gonna to come up? Who's, who's weak is it going to be? This might be like a, you know, a Detroit or Green Bay situation where the answer is you can't reliably con- can concern yourself with anyone. So I'm watching the targets. I'm watching Matt Ryan's head on the all-22s. And I'm seeing if that is correct or if he, no, he's starting to favor somebody towards the end of the year here. Mm, if there's no Julio Jones, no Todd Gurley, I am not interested in a single Falcon except for Calvin Ridley, period. That's it. I don't care what else happens because Matt Ryan is a completely different player. And it's absolutely astonishing how much worse he is without Julio Jones. It's mind boggling how just he looks like Carson Wentz. How Carson Wentz looks on an average play, that's how Matt Ryan looks on every play without Julio Jones. So it's just like, I don't even know how you're going to figure out where his reads are when he's just frantically sh- shaking his head all around when, uh, when uh, as soon as the ball snapped, because he looks like a bobblehead out there. Um, and this is to- a guy who won MVP without Calvin Ridley. It's so interesting how quarterbacks can just fall off. You mentioned Wentz as well. Yeah, it's, it's the same sort of situation, but... Um, Matt Ryan, when he has Julio Jones, can kind of cover it up. I guess he gets nervous where he's going to go when there's no Julio. But, Mike, you want to know on the other side of the ball if Alvin Kamara can get back in the top 24 wide receiver because he has a quarter or running back because he has a quarterback issue, but it's the opposite. Taysom Hill keeps stealing his touchdowns. Yeah. Well, interesting, too, is that after finishing the top 24 for 10 straight weeks, I think he was uh, the only running back remaining to finish um, consecutive weeks as far as finishing the top 24. Everybody else had a week in there where they didn't finish in the top 24. His last two weeks, we've seen a decline in production. Uh, He was an RB 26 against the Falcons. And I I know everybody out there, oh, Falcons, how do you, you know, but the Falcons running defense, uh, pay attention because they're the fourth toughest defense uh, against the run um and fantasy points allowed and then last week he was an rb 40 uh against the denver broncos and they are the 17th toughest against running backs and fantasy points allowed in the last two games kamara's 99 yards rushing with a touchdown but only one one reception and that is what disturbs me the most is why is he not getting those receptions that he normally gets? I can I can understand touchdowns, you know, as you mentioned, Taysom Hill, or for whatever reasons, he, you know, is a dry spell. But not getting receptions is concerning to me. Um, I, I think a lot of it maybe has to do with Taysom Hill being mm-hmm. able to run the ball 
Um, and then therefore he's instead of where Drew Brees, where he can't run the ball, needs to dump it off. Taysom Hill says, okay, well, I'm just going to run it. I don't know yet. There's just not enough sample size to make that judgment. Uh, this week he has the Falcons again. Uh, so it's going to be really tough on Alvin Kamara. Uh, you've got to play him, but just be very cautious of his outcome. I mean, don't, don't go to your box score, uh, you know, after the game and go Alvin Kamara, 10 points. I don't understand because I'm, I'm pretty much sure that that that's, what's going to end up happening. You're, you're going to see low points for Alvin Kamara, but you got to roll with it. Yeah, there's nothing. I think I said it uh, on the Tuesday episode. You can't bench Alvin Kamara. You're just gonna take your lumps. Like there's, there's, you're getting too cute if you're bench. If you're thinking, oh, should I bench Alvin Kamara? And I swear to God, this I'm putting the discard on notice. If somebody says, should I bench Alvin Kamara for Devonte Booker? I'm banning you from the Discord. I'm putting you <laughs> on notice right now. If anybody asks that question, Evan, even if that's you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ban you from the Discord. Um, because people are going to get way too cute. Mike, like you said, they're going to start to panic about Alvin Kamara, but you know what? Don't, don't get too cute. You just take your lumps. You know, he's, he'll still get you points. He won't goose you. You're just going to need a little bit more from the rest of your lineup. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next one. Detroit four and seven at Chicago five and six, uh, 45 point over under on this one. And uh, Chicago are three-point favorites. Uh, injuries in this one, uh, Nick Foles with a hip injury practiced. But uh, Mitchell Trubisky is a starter because Matt Nagy said, quote, I don't see why not, which is a great uh, – uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want to hear from your head coach. Why not? Yeah, okay. Why are loud there? You shouldn't do that. He's just like – I don't know. Shoot. Uh, Nick Foles hip doesn't work. And the other guy's Tyler Bray. So I guess why I, I don't see why not. Um, Khalil Mack did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday with a back issue, but that is precautionary. Deandre Swift, kind of a weird set of stories this week. So he cleared concussion protocol, but then Adrian Peterson said he's not himself. He seems weird and sluggish and sort of off at practice. So people are going, did the lions really clear Deandre Swift from his concussion before he was, you know, actually cleared. And then we find out that uh, DeAndre Swift has an illness, kind of like the flu, non-COVID. So that then that kind of makes sense because, I mean, I can barely do anything when I have the flu, let alone play NFL football. So uh, the net on all of this is because of his illness, he'll probably have a small package this weekend, which one, phrasing the uh, new head coach there in Detroit, and two, probably not going to uh, start DeAndre Swift in this bad matchup where they're you know, only going to use them a little bit, a small package. And if we're lied to, we're lied to. You know what? We can only work with the information that we're given. Kenny Galladay is out. Danny Amendola is in with a hip injury. And that are that is all the injury stuff going into this game. And um, Evan, you want to know what exactly is a small package of plays? I didn't even yeah, see that was your question. <laughs> yeah, I got this guy in my also in my must-win big money league, and I don't know if you know this, I'm running out of guys between this guy and Josh Jacobs. Now I'm thinking like, okay, is a small package of plays. You just give him some. So is it going to be like the first few weeks where a small package of plays means he gets three targets in the red zone, scores two touchdowns? You know, I'm like, I don't. Uh, I need to know what you. What do you mean in case? Uh, in case he gets injured, I don't know. Yeah, what exactly is a small package of plays? How do you how do you how do you plan that? It's probably I mean, red zone work. So I'm I'm still like I'm like I don't know. That was where he did most of his damage anyway. 
Yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, but I mean, you can't. Are, are you gonna start him this weekend? There's no way you can get away with that. Uh, my choices are him, Zach Moss, Alexander Madison, or uh, RB third on his t- a third string running back. Oh boy. Yeah, and um, you know me. You know me. I draft massive amounts of running backs. There's a reason why my team is not doing well. It's because it's my running backs are just been plowed through. Like freezing. Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah, freezing. But um, but yeah, that's uh, maybe you might have to start him. Good luck. God bless. Godspeed. Maybe Zach Moss for uh desperation touchdown. Though the 49ers have problems with rushing quarterbacks, so. Maybe not Zach Moss. I'm so, also uh, starting. I'm also starting. Jo- I usually don't factor this in consideration, but I'm also st- have to start Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And I'm like, San Francisco's not going to give up that much. Like, I don't know. Then again, maybe they will. Then again, maybe they will. Love to put useful thoughts into your head. Mike, <laughs> is Mitch Trubisky a sleeper? Like I wrote about that, Mitch Trubisky is a sleeper this morning. Ah, so there we go. Um, and this morning, maybe. He was asleep, so maybe he is asleep. <laughs> oh. So, Trubisky had a pretty good game against Green Bay. They're pretty good against the pass. The Packers are 24 fantasy points. Uh, and then now he got Detroit. And they – not only does he have success, but mostly every team has success against uh, Trubisky. Um, in his past four outings against the Lions, Trubisky has scored 29 24, 29, and 41 fantasy points. And the Lions are the 26th weakest against the pass. Uh, 11 TDs in the last five weeks. Uh, they have allowed. You know, I don't think that Trubisky is going to finish as the top streamer of the week, but I think he will finish in the top three of all streamers. So if you're out a couple of streamers and Mitchell Trubisky is on the board and you're, like, looking to difference between – Trubisky and I don't know um, who would be at the very bottom. Uh, Sam Darnold. Then Trubisky is your guy. Yeah, I mean I uh, he's down there in the sub ten percent range, and uh, he should be out there in most leagues unless it's a two quarterback league, and even in some two quarterback leagues. But I'm I'm starting him in our football absurdity league, which I haven't checked the updated standings and. Uh, let me see here. Let me, let me see if I can talk some trash. Updated standings. I'm in there right now. I'm in there right now. And Fourth place. I have not clinched a playoff spot, but I will shame both of you once I clinch the playoff spot after this week. I think How could... next year I'm just going to allow, allow the computer to draft for me. Well, I fixed it by getting Justin Jefferson and Corey Davis and Chase Claypool. That's the only reason I saved my rear end. Those are good. Those are pretty good pickups. Yeah, those are you guys. You guys let me do this. You let me do this. We felt bad uh, for you. Uh, but this bench is a nightmare. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Nick Foles, Le'Veon Bell, Jalen Hurts. That is a bench. Why do I still have OJ Howard? I'm gonna go ahead and cut him right now. I don't need him. Um. So he was on IR for anybody listening. Um. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game before i keep rambling about my team in the league that you guys should be ashamed of yourselves for cleveland and tennessee are both eight and three this is cleveland in tennessee uh 54 point over under tennessee five and a half point favorites injuries in this one uh for cleveland sion taki taki and miles garrett are both off of COVID ir so that's good news as is andy janovich the fullback so more good news for the 
running backs there. Johnny Smith is out with a knee injury this week. AJ Brown uh, did not practice on Thursday with a hip issue, which was a new issue, but he was full go on Friday. So fire up your AJ Browns. I'm I'm sorry, but isn't Taki Taki like the most Star Wars name ever for like? Sion, yeah, Sion Taki Taki. That is a very Star Wars name. Yeah, I, I want him to be in the Mandalorian uh, as Taki Taki. That way, he, Taki Taki can be Taki Taki as himself. That's right. Yeah, no, Sion Taki Taki sounds like some uh, Moss Eisley Cantina name. Uh, you <laughs> cool. know, you got to talk to Sion Taki Taki about getting some. Uh, you know, about getting a ride to Tashi Station. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, you want to know if Ryan Tannehill can make it three straight top 12 weeks? Yeah, Tannehill. Um, well, he's rallied the past two weeks with at least 20 fantasy points in those two outings. Um, but the Browns, you know, they are tough, but they will be without cornerback Denzel Ward and safety Ronnie Harrison. Miles Garrett will be back. Tannehill is averaging 25.7 fantasy points per game at home and um the fan the browns are the 24th easiest to score fantasy points on for quarterback so browns think defensive wise as far as running backs they're really tough against the passing just the opposite interesting interesting yeah i think that this is gonna be a big passing game day for the uh for the um titans which will uh maybe hurt some uh, derrick henry but i'm smart enough to not uh you know, go too far uh, thinking against Derrick Henry. Uh, you don't sit Derrick Henry ever. And uh, Evan, you want to know on the other side of the re- field if there's room for Kareem Hunt in the running back fiesta. What happened to Kareem Hunt? You know, he used to be awesome, and now he's had less usage. But now this is going to be a heavily run game. Just, just for example, last week he had 10 carries. 62 yards, 6.2 yards per carry. Why don't you give him more carries? Give him some more carries. Get him get him more than two targets in the backfield there. Uh, but this is going to be a heavily, heavily running game. So I'm, I'm expecting Kareem Hunt to roar back. And if not, well, huh. That's going to make me rethink how good a two-tiered running back team is. Which I guess not rethink, but go back to my old way of thinking, which was it's not that good. Uh, I think, I mean, I think that's a little bit of recency bias on your part. Well, how, yeah. how was he when just with the backfield to himself? Was it, was it, he was, but kind of average, wasn't he? With the backfield to himself, he was just getting a lot of touches, but he, yeah, was, he was only was on pace for both sides in the beginning of the season. Yeah. So when he had the backfield to himself, he was only on pace for 1300 yards, but when it was him and Chubb to start the year, um, you know, it was, uh, the about the same, but in fewer touches. <laughs> so it's one of those things where, um, you know, uh, Nick Chubb. I I just don't. I I think Evan. I think whatever you thought about uh, Kareem Hunt over the first twelve weeks of the season, ten weeks of the season, we'll say, um, that's the same now. I don't think that um, you know, we we have a big enough sample size with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt together that for a three game sample size to be a problem. I don't think that that's uh, indicative of two running back systems being good or bad. Let's hope so. He's my RB1 in my big money league must win match. Oof. Oh, boy. All right. Well, then we'll see how that goes for you. But a game that I we pretty much know how this one's going to go. Cincinnati and 
Miami, Cincinnati two, eight and one, Miami seven and four, 42 and a half point over under. Is that right? Hold on. Jeez. Let me double check that. That seems like a, t- nope, 42 and a half point over under. Good God. Miami seems a-, a little high too. Yeah, Miami 11 and a half point favorites. That's what made me think that it was supposed to be 52 and a half was Miami being 11 and a half point favorites. Good God. Um, injuries in this one. Auden Tate went to IR with a shoulder issue. Salvin Ahmed uh, is doubtful with his shoulder. Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't going to get sorted out till Sunday morning. They're going to see if Tua's thumb is good to go. But it doesn't, to me, sound like Tua's thumb is going to be good to go. It sounds like a little bit of a... Uh, of a smoke screen there from, from Brian Flores. Miles Gaskin will have to be activated on Saturday with his knee issue. If he's going to play on Sunday. So monitor that on Saturday. If he's in, you got to play him because he's going to be pretty much the only healthy running back. Matt Breida uh, was placed on COVID IR today on Friday, probably about a half hour before we recorded this. So uh, boy, a messy running back room there in Miami um, for, for the dolphins and a game that, they should probably win. But Evan, you want to know if Tua uh, helps or hurts Devontae Parker if he starts. Yeah, it took a while. Tua had like one one game over 10 points with him in the last five starts. Uh, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and hit him, hit him, targeted him 14 times for 119 yards. So I'm wondering if this is just – it's just probably just Tua getting warm. But if Tua starts, I want to see if that makes Parker bad. And if uh, Tua sits, I want to see, hey, is this what we had last year? Because it feels like what we had last year. Okay, so you want to see uh, about the Devontae Parker situation with the quarterback. Because if Tua starts down the stretch, that could change your start sits for your playoffs. But, Mike, you want to know if coming back from injury, uh, we touched on it, he might be this by default because he's going to get all the touches. But if Miles Gas can, be top 24. Yeah, you know, um, I, I really do believe he's a quality number two uh, running back in every league. Uh, and as you mentioned, with Salvin Ahmed and, and Matt Breida um, probably out, the, he's really the bell cow. He was a bell cow before he even got injured. And he has scored at least 12 PPR points in five of his past six games, uh, at least 21 total touches in four of the five uh, past outings. And then you got the Bengals, and the Bengals suck. And they've allowed a running back to score at least um, 100 total yards in five of their past six games. So they they just get run all over. And they're the 22nd easiest to score fantasy points on for running backs. So not only are they giving up the yards, but they're also giving up the big points. So Miles Gaskin should finish in the top 24 if he's ready to go. Yeah, I, I would have to think that, yeah, you know, gas can for all the reasons that you outlined. I mean, he's got to be top 24 this week just because there's so many running back questions. He might have been there by default because, you know, he has the fewest questions if he plays. You know, there's no there's no. Uh, oh, well, it's a bad matchup. There's no. Oh, well, he split touches. It's going to be gas cans backfield if he's there. So. Um, I tend to think that he will be top 24 this week. I agree with you. So, um the next game is another game 
where we're pretty sure what's going to happen. Jacksonville one and ten, Minnesota five and six. Uh, injuries in this one. Irv Smith is out with a groin injury. Adam Thielen is expected back from his COVID situation, uh, where he was uh, he tested positive for COVID nineteen, but it might have been a false positive. So um, he's expected back. And then for Jacksonville, uh, DJ Chark is off the injury report with his ribs. Uh, Mike Lennon is starting in the place of injured uh, Gardner, Gardner Minshew. Easy for you to say. And Dave Caldwell was fired because he cannot put a quality team together. So um, this one should be an easy win for the Vikings. And uh, Mike, you want to know if Kirk Cousins takes advantage of that to make it four straight uh, top 12 weeks. I don't know how he couldn't put a quality. I mean, he has a lot of young, good pieces. I mean, he drafted James Robinson or brought in James Robinson as an undrafted free agent. So, I mean, I don't know, but that to me seems like an overreaction. Um, with uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, Cousins is, is uh, you know, definitely pumped up the volume as far as passing the ball. 30 passes in three games in the last three games. Um, including two outings with at least 36 attempts. So I, I don't know if they're saying, you know, I mean, they're fighting for a playoff spot, so it's not really secure, but I, I don't know if they're just trying to protect Dalvin uh, Cook or if they're like, okay, hey, we have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and all these weapons. You know what? We trust you, Cousins. Go out and throw it as much as you want. But there's really, there is a change in philosophy here with Cousins throwing the ball a lot more, uh, and he's he's doing it. He He's making the most out of it. 26.5 fantasy points per game in the last four outings. Uh, he will have, as we mentioned, Adam Thielen back, and he's got the Jaguars. And they've allowed five quarterbacks in a row to pass for at least 258 yards and two touchdowns. The Jags are the 30th easiest defense to score fantasy points Jeez. on for quarterbacks. And I'd be really shocked if Cousins doesn't hand of quarterbacks and at least the top two of quarterback streamers. So he finished uh, fourth the last two weeks. And in many scoring systems, he was the 12th quarterback in week nine, which means this could be his fifth straight week as top 12 for many people. So there you go. And, you know, it's it's yeah, I, I, I don't see him. I'm, I've seen him. At the least, at the least, finishing as a QB 14 of the week, at the very least. Uh, yeah, that's worst case scenario. Yeah, worst case scenario. So if you have him, play him. Yeah, and and Mike, you made me look up because uh, Dave Caldwell has been with Jacksonville since 2013. It doesn't feel like he's been there that long, but because uh, I was on your side, I was like, yeah, you know what, they're bad this year, but maybe he's over. They're overreacting. They have one year over six wins Ugh. on his on his watch. So <laughs> maybe, uh, I was with you, like maybe it's not an overreaction. Outside I don't know. of the, I mean, I mean, outside I would of, see like last year firing because yeah, but it's like you have. I mean, he Lavisca Chanel. I mean, they had a great draft. And that's a good point. Yeah, he had. They had a good draft this year, but yeah, I I, I see what you're saying. Where if they were gonna fire him, what could he have done differently? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think it's one of those situations where you're one in ten and you're not the Jets. A head's got a, a head's got a roll, you know. Yeah, if you're one in ten, yeah, and it's, it's in ten, yeah, yeah, and it's got to be the guy who's outside of that ten and six year, Mike. Listen to this: twenty-seven and eighty are the records of the teams he built outside of that random ten and six year. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I get what you're saying, though. Like, what what could he have done differently? LaVisca Chenault is good. James Robinson is excellent. You know, he's he's had some good – he's got some good guys this year. Like, what what could he have done differently, you know? Uh, Gardner Minshew don't get hurt, so they have to start Mike Lennon. Uh, maybe go back in time and not sign Nick Foles to a giant contract that they have to – That was biggie. Yeah, yeah. That, that deserves firing on its own. And then they, they drafted J.J. Chark a couple years ago. I mean, I, I – maybe he's not the one doing the drafting and they're like, well, you know, you're, you're doing, making all these other dumb decisions. So, you, you know, as you mentioned, and that's a true point about when you're one in 10, you, you got to make some changes and, you know, whatever reasons, other reasons, maybe we don't know about. He, he's the one that got taxed. Yeah. He was the guy, he was the, the change that they wanted to see in the world. <laughs> and like they say, be the change you want to see. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's stop talking about this Jacksonville Jaguars front office. That is gross. And uh, Evan, you want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars on the field? Yeah, I feel based on our discussions, I feel like we were one breadcrumb away from making Robinson one of our big, uh, uh, preseason hypes, you know, uh, or whatever you want to call the before the before times. Um, we 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 kind of we were kind of like, well, they cut Fournette. That guy might be good. And I think if we had seen just a little bit of tape, I think we would have been like, people, Robinson's the real deal. Because now he's he's having a rookie season of rookie seasons the dude is third overall in total rushing yards in the entire league so i want to study him and and see exactly what he's doing and what what what's making him so great so i can i can get i can get this reward next year of being of helping people get a breakout running back yeah and mike I mean, this is where I came from, and Mike, you might be in the same spot. It was a – there's no preseason. We don't know who this kid is. He's in UDFA. Like, it wasn't that I was against him. It was that I was like, hey, uh, I would like to see something from him before diving in, and I think that that's where we ended up on our back foot. Is that how you ended up this year with him as well, Mike, on James Robinson in the preseason? Well, yeah, I mean, if we're going to be putting our eggs in basket over a UDFA, we're going to go broke. So, exactly. <laughs> I mean – there's only so much you can do and talk about with, with uh, Robinson. Um, when he did get the start, I mentioned that he was good for the the the, the gap blocking system that they do. Mm-hmm. But I, if anybody, please, if anybody thought that Robinson would even be in the hunt for rookie of the year, then go play the lottery because you you absolutely are a genius um, and see everything. Because yeah, there's no way I don't think we could put any emphasis on Robinson. I don't think anybody did just to be honest with you. Yeah. It was also one of those things where it was, it, it, he popped up so late in the year. Um, I think they cut, uh, let's see, uh, Jaguars cut. I remember, um, Leonard Fournette getting cut way late in the preseason. Uh, let's see, August 31st. So I think that, yeah, we had a situation where we didn't, we got caught on our back foot. Um, because of the late the late cutting of, of Leonard Fournette. So um, he, he wasn't I, even being drafted in dynasty leagues. I mean, I, I don't know how many different dynasty leagues I play in uh, more than 10. And I can tell you maybe one. I know he was drafted in, in my league by my wife, but that was for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it was like the 27th round, 28th round. And two, um, she had Leonard Fournette. Oh, so it was a handcuff situation. Exactly. So, I mean, I think it was only either you just completely rolled the dice on him 
or it was just one of those like, okay, um, I have I have Leonard Fournette, or you know, I've heard some rumors, and it's the 28th round, and I'm just gonna spin the wheel. Yeah, it's it's that's where most people. I was trying to find it. Looked like he had an ADP in dynasty startups around round. 25 of ones that happened in august i'm trying to find the tweet again i can't find it but it's one of those things where it's uh yeah it's um you james robinson was basically a miss but we were saying the same thing about philip Lindsay last year so evan i think to your point maybe we should or a couple years ago on philip Lindsay when he broke onto the scene so maybe evan to your point there is something to speak of of these udfa running backs um i tend to discount them but maybe maybe we shouldn't um because clearly there's something amiss in the evaluation process that leaves them undrafted um but uh let's go let's move on to the next one the raiders six and five the jets oh and 11 uh 47.0 over under raiders eight and a half point favorites in this one uh injuries in this game Nelson aguilar did not practice on wednesday and thursday with an ankle issue josh jacobs is out with his ankle injury Ink. I don't know what word I just said. Ink Jew. Mm. <laughs> it's a cursed sentence. Ink, ankle. He's out with his ankle injury. There we go. Uh, Trent Brown is off the COVID IR. No, and then luckily for the Jets, no notable injuries. I think Sam Darnold's supposed to be back. Um, let me double check that because. Uh, oh, he. Yeah, that's right. Um, Sam Darnold is back. So that says a lot about Sam Darnold. What he's been doing. Um, but uh, I think this one is going to be a resounding Jets victory. Um, slam dunk um, playing against these garbage Raiders. Evan, is Booker the real deal, real backup deal? That's what you want to know for Devontae Booker. Raiders are going to have a bounce back game to have to, of all bounce back games. Uh, yeah, Devontae Booker. Uh, uh, funny you should mention Philip Lindsay uh, last time because Booker's look good running behind this line in the Raiders. But I don't know if, if you all had him. I had him in our in our Dynasty League last year, and I've been watching him for years. In Denver, uh, he looked like hot garbage. He looked like he could not hold on to the ball to the point that he got beat out by an undrafted free agent quite quickly. So now I'm like, is this is – this, everyone thinks this might be a DeAndre Washington situation where DeAndre Washington stepped up in the fantasy playoffs to deliver a solid game with uh, Jacobs out. I don't know. Booker might not be great. He probably will be. But, but I remember my before this season, I was like, why did we sign Booker? Oh, good. The Raiders did that thing where they signed a garbage player for no reason I can totally understand whatsoever. So that's what I'm watching for. All right. If Devontae Booker can uh, – that sounds more like Evan hoping that his team didn't make a bad signing than anything for fantasy. <laughs> uh, we're going to win this game. I just want to know, when did Booker get good? Oh boy, Evan, you're starting to tempt the gods. Very <laughs> few teams go 0 and 16, Evan. Fine, I'll tempt him. After last week, man, the gods clearly hate me and the Raiders, so screw if it. The, if the Raiders end up I six and them off even more. If the they Raiders end up six, ire on me and the Raiders. If the Raiders end up six and six, we'll be looking for a new uh, third third mic on the show. I think because I think Evan will be done with football forever. Mike. <laughs> A guy that will never be done with football is Frank Gore. And you want to know if Frank Gore is going to end up top 24 this week. Yeah, can we actually believe we're talking about Frank Gore as a top 24 running back? I mean, I, I, I could believe talking about his age and how many people he's, you know, put into Social Security and retirement um, by running them over. But <laughs> Frank Gore is a top 24 guy. I, I, I did not expect that. be wondering about this question. But here we are. 
And, you know, he's had at least 17 total touches against both the Chargers and Dolphins. Gore's out, uh, scored at least 11 PPR points in each contest. And, you know, he's going to be the workman against the Raiders defense that is one of the worst against the run. Um, they can't tackle for anything. I never, they brought in all these free agents, all these high priced free agents, and none of them can tackle. And, <laughs> Uh, you know, they are among the league leaders, allowing 15 total touchdowns to running backs on the season. And they're also the 29th easiest team to score fantasy points on for running backs. So Frank Gore got him, put him in. I don't know why you have him, but if you do have him, put him in. It's called, uh, uh, desperate being desperate and a desperation play. So that, that play sounds like it should play off for pay off for this week. I think that, yeah, he'll be good to go for this week. And, um, yeah, I think that's enough for this game. I mean, it's a pretty going to be a pretty slam dunk Jets victory. And let's go ahead and move on to the next game. Indianapolis 7-4, and four, Houston 4-7, four 50 and a half point over under. Colts 3.5 point favorites. Um, in this one, uh, nothing of note happened to Houston this week. Nobody got suspended for the rest of the season. Oh, wait, two guys got suspended. Bradley Roby and Will Fuller. We talked about that in detail on the uh, Tuesday episode this week, so you can listen back to that one if you have the ability to do so. David Johnson is expected back from his concussion, likely active on Sunday. As for the Colts, Danico Autry and DeForest Buckner both off the COVID list, as is Jonathan Taylor. So, Mike, your boys are getting some reinforcements, so you can wipe that brow. That You should take care of business against uh, the Texans. And you want to know if Philip Rivers can take care of business for his fantasy owners and be a top 12 guy once again yeah talking about someone who's upping the volume uh philip rivers is another one and he has scored at least 21 fantasy points in four of six and is just throwing a lot a lot more than he did earlier this season the texans they haven't allowed multiple passing touchdowns in a game since week seven so they are really tightening up their defensive uh, especially against the pass but three of the past four opposing quarterbacks have at least 295 passing yards. So they're giving up the yards. They're the bend, don't break defense that you're that these defenses sometimes utilize. The Colts did it last year. Houston's doing it this year. Uh, overall, Houston is the 14th hardest to score on fantasy points for quarterbacks. Um, it will help Rivers. That cornerback Bradley Roby uh, suspension is out of that contest so philip rivers does have a little bit more leeway to throw the ball since roby will be out yeah i think that uh um this one i think should be a pretty easy victory for the houston texans what, gonna, what? Yeah, that's right bye i'm just gonna i'm just gonna troll both you guys into uh rage quitting um, the podcast, so I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> I'll just be me talking by myself. Um, but Evan, you want to know, uh, speaking uh, of the indie side, if the backfield will Emmer Pove with Jonathan Taylor back. Yeah, the indie backfield was coming along there with Jonathan Taylor actually starting to break out after not looking great. Uh, Hold on. So, Hold yeah. on. We're just going to steamroll over me reading your typo phonetically. We're just going to pretend like Emmer Pove. Emmer Pove. It's a word. It is. <laughs> it's also worth. It. So when I use it on Scrabble later, you gotta let me. Uh, <laughs> I know it works. 
Um, I can cite this podcast as a source. Yes, I want to know if the Indies backfield will improve with Taylor back. Uh, they were humming along there for a few weeks. And then last week, Taylor was out with, correct me if I'm wrong, he just had contact with COVID. He did not actually have COVID, so he had to sit out or, or something like that. Well, uh, he, either way, he wasn't symptomatic because if he was symptomatic, he would have been out for this game because it wouldn't have been right. 10 days. So either right. way, it's, it's, you know, he should be okay. And their team last time averaged you got to bump this up a few because Jacoby Brissett had like three goal line plunges, but they averaged 2.7 yards per carry. So I'm hoping with Taylor back, that'll give him also Houston considerably worse than Tennessee, their last week opponent against the rush. So I'm hoping to see Indy be a, a, a team that, that works on, on some of its cylinders again, because with Phillip Rivers hobbled and the backfield not doing anything, they looked like they weren't a 7-3 and three team last week, which I did not like. I did not enjoy that. I like rooting for Indy. Mike, is, that's officially shots fired if you want to... I've wanna, left the room. The Mike has left... Mike's rage quit the podcast. It's the... Uh, you're going to get the AOL instant mes- messenger door closing sound. <laughs> Mike leaving the room. So, all right, let's go. Let's move on to the next game. Two teams, I hope they both lose... I'm rooting for a meteor in this one. Rams and Cardinals. Rams are seven and four. Cardinals are six and five. Forty-eight and a half point over under. Rams are two and a half point favorites in this one. And injuries in this game. The Rams have none of note that I could find. Kyler Murray has been dealing with a shoulder injury. He practiced in full, so hopefully there shouldn't be any issues this weekend with his shoulder. So in this one, uh, Evan, you wanted to know if uh, Cooper Cup can get right with this game. And 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 Mike's question is the one I really want to get to. So let's get through okay. this one. <laughs> Cup, had, Cup had a down week last week, catching only two of his five carries for 41 yards. It feels like it's back to the old, is, is it going to be Cup or is it going to be Robert Woods? Hopefully this will be him getting straight after having two out of three weeks with over 16 and a half HPPR points. I know people have to start them, so I'm hoping that uh, there's plenty to go around. Yeah, in a three-wide receiver league, there's zero chance you can get away from Cooper Cup. Just he's he, His upside is too great. But, Mike, I wanted to talk about DeAndre Hopkins, and you want to know uh, – let me make sure I get this right. What the bleep is bleeping going on with DeAndre bleeping Hopkins? Did I get that right? That That is uh, perfect. I, I would have put in one more bleep, but it, it's good to go. That that's, that's All right. Good. Sounds good. Um, and you know, I, I think a lot of fantasy players out there, they, they think, okay, DeAndre Hopkins, well, put him in every week and you're not necessarily wrong, but I, I don't think he's, he's, you know, the elite anymore. He's not even maybe even set and forget anymore. Wow. Um, it's, it, it's been a disaster for De, DeAndre Hopkins lately since week five. He, and, and at week five, he finished as a, a wide receiver eight. Great. Perfect, wonderful, but after that, it's been a roller coaster of production that has mostly been on the downslope than the up. And bear with me. Here we go. Wide receiver, uh, week six. So week after week five, week six, wide receiver forty-four. Week seven, wide receiver six. Great. Week eight, he had a bye. Week nine, wide receiver seventy-three. Then he bounces back in week 10, wide receiver 2. Week 11, wide receiver 42. Week 12, wide receiver 39. Now he has Jalen Ramsey and the Rams. And the Rams are the toughest team against wide receivers and allowing fantasy points. 
expect another wide receiver 40-something week for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, um, yeah, he's been pretty bad uh, up and down. Um, the last couple of weeks, I'm hoping we can chalk up to Kyler Murray's shoulder issue, but you can see it's sort of like a, uh, uh, it's all or it's been all or nothing with with Nuke. So, uh, but even even in week nine, he was a wide receiver 73. I mean, you expect bad weeks, but the three of the four weeks, and I can go with you, Kyler Murray for for week 12 and week 11. That that definitely can be something, but. It's it's just not been good overall. I mean, even back to week six, he's only had two good weeks since week six. Yeah, and um, yeah, what I was saying too was yeah, it's been all or nothing. Where it's been, uh, let's see, uh, nothing the last couple of weeks, and then one twenty-seven and one, then thirty, then one hundred three and one, and then two weeks before that, one thirty-one and one, then two weeks before that, one thirty-seven. But yeah, in between, it's just it's lows. So it's it's all or nothing there for DeAndre Hopkins, and we just need to like balance this out so hopefully that can happen this week because it's been um i don't think it's going to not against the rams um it's just going to be another bad week for deandre hopkins i mean i i really i i mean if you have other options that are at least substantial substantial you know top 24 wide receivers i'd go with them over i'd go with hopkins right now all right guys cooper cup or deandre hopkins haha cup robert woods um, you know, any, any top 24 wide receiver I'd go with over DeAndre Hopkins right now. All right. Fair enough. All right, then. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the next game. Uh, another NFC West team in this one, the Giants travel to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Giants are four and seven. Seahawks are eight and three. Is this a battle of division leaders? I think it might be. <laughs> wow. NFC. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Is this a playoffs preview, guys? Oh God, it could be no because isn't the Ram the Saints are are what are they like ten and two or something? Yeah, well I don't know how this. Uh, we'll see with the um the seeding because only the number one seed gets a buy this year. Mm. So, yeah, That's right. so, so it could be the, it very well could be a. a <laughs> oh boy, Second, match, a future matchup. Oh my goodness. All right, then shoot. So, all right, 47 point over under Seahawks, 10 point favorites in this one. Injuries. Daniel Jones is doubtful with his hamstring injury. I don't think he's going to play. Chris Carson was, quote, limited with his foot issue this week. That was expected, according to Pete Carroll. They're kind of doing a load management thing. Carlos Hyde did not play or did not practice this week with a toe issue. Uh, He is not expected to play this weekend. Josh Gordon has been reinstated. I uh, He most recently played with the Seahawks. He is eligible to play in week 16 and 17. Don't do this to yourself. Just ignore that for fantasy football. I have to bring it up to tell people to ignore it. Don't, don't do this to yourself. I don't care how deep your league is. You're not picking up Josh Gordon just in case you can start him in week 16 because that's your championship. You're not going to just in case somebody for the for your week 16 championship. But, Mike, you want to talk about somebody on the Giants side of the ball, and it's Wayne Gallman, who's been hot lately, but you think he might bust this week. Yeah, I do. Um, and as you mentioned, he's been unstoppable since taking over the bell cow role. Uh, Gallman has at least 18 carries two weeks in a row, scored a touchdown in six straight games. Uh, and I, I honestly think he'll be the catalyst on this offense with Jones out. But the bad side of that, the negative side, is with Daniel Jones being out, this will trigger Seattle to hone in on the run. Uh, 
maybe Colt McCoy will throw more to Gallman. Um, he did have five targets and three catches last week. But Seattle hasn't allowed a running back to gain more than 58 yards in six straight games. They are very tough against the run uh, opposite passing. They suck. So get your receivers quarterbacks in against Seattle. But the running back situation, they are pretty tough against them. Um, Gallman will need to score a touchdown to keep his streak of top 12 performances going on. Uh, The Seahawks have given up seven rushing touchdowns in eight uh, eight total games. Two back since week eight. So, um, Seahawks are tied for the eighth toughest to score on fantasy points. So, they're one of those that are very tough between the 20s. But when it gets down to the 5, 10 zone, 5 zone, they they sort of give it up a little bit to running backs. So, running backs do score against Seattle. They just don't do much yardage-wise. Yeah, they're... um... Definitely a uh, uh, a team that stifles the 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 run on a you know run to run basis. That's something that I've noticed this year on a carry to carry basis. And uh, Evan, you want to know if it's Tyler Lockett's turn, I guess, to produce in this offense. But I want to know if it's ever going to be Tyler Lockett's turn. If DK Metcalf's going to give it back, it hasn't been his turn for a while. In week, oh gosh, what week is it? In week seven, Tyler Lockett had 200 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, to lead the entire league in points. Since then, in one, two, three, four, five weeks, he has cracked the top 30 wide receivers once. And that was an 11th overall finish in week 11. So, yeah, it might just... Uh, DJ Metcalf may have just won the heart of uh, Russell Wilson there. That's what I'm watching for. Okay, yeah. Sounds like a... Sounds like uh, definitely something to look for because we drafted Tyler Lockett to do a lot and uh, he hasn't been consistent this year in giving us production. So he's kind of turning into a, a guy that, you know, Tyler Lockett or DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, good question. Um, I I think I, I'll go with Tyler Lockett because I think it's his turn um, to, to shine. I I don't know if he's dealing with injury and that's why he's disappeared with or, or what, but I'm not, it would be what, three straight games this week if he doesn't do much. So I'm going to go with Lockie. It's his turn. It's his I, turn. I remember the last time someone said it was his or her turn and that didn't turn well. Who said that? Wasn't that the Hillary Clinton rally? Oh, I thought it was I'm with her. Also speaking of rallying cries that didn't happen, lock it her up. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Locked her up. I like that. Fresh from the headlines. Just ripped from the front pages. That's my jokes. Maybe we'll be done with 2016 uh, uh, presidential campaign by 2024. <laughs> Philadelphia 371 travels to Green Bay 8 and 3. Uh, this is a 48 point over under. Green Bay are eight and a half point favorites in this one. And um, the only real injury note I found was Zach Ertz was activated from the IR um, with his ankle issue. And uh, that's it. Nothing else really of no Alan Lazard has got some precautionary rest this week. Um, but everything else is kind of what we expected there. So, uh, Evan, you want to know if the Zach Ertz activation is going to take Goddard away from you? Uh, I... 
my world has crumbled since my strong start to the fantasy season. I even just glanced at my friends and family league where I haven't missed the playoffs since 2007. And right now I have to win to be in. I'm in eighth place and only six teams make it. Everything has crumbled away, including Goddard. But Goddard was the one thing that came back to me. Goddard came back to me with two top five performances in the last three weeks. Again, Goddard was the guy, one of the guys I staked my reputation on in the preseason. And, uh, I don't think Ertz being activated takes away from it all because the whole reason why I was so in on Goddard was last year, even with Ertz on the field, it was clear that Goddard was the best athlete out there. It was clear that Wentz was taking note of that. So everything looks fine. But then again, everything looks fine week three when I was undefeated with all six of my leagues. And now it's not so fine. Give me this one thing, 2020. Just this one thing. Don't take Goddard away from me. All right. You. So, Mike, you want to know if Miles Sanders is going to be top 24? Yeah, he's he's been struggling a little bit. Um, he has scored a combined 13 PPR points in the past two games. So two games, 13 total points. That is not what you want. Now he has the Browns. Um, uh, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. That was against the Browns and the Seahawks. But against the Packers this week, I, I like it. Uh, I think Green Bay has uh, allowed a running back to score or gain over 100 total yards in every game this season. And on top of that, they're the 30th easiest team to score fantasy points on for running backs. So there's only two other teams that are worse than they are. And Sanders hasn't struggled um, much, I think, has to do with uh, his struggles have to do with his offensive line and also, I, I, another thing that really stood out to me, especially last week, was that Boston Scott pretty much outperformed Miles Sanders. So I, I don't know if there's something wrong with Sanders, but I, I'd really have a lot of faith in Sanders having a big week against Pac- the Packers uh, rush defense because everybody does. Yeah, so hopefully we can yeah get some Miles Sanders feel goods going into going into next week um, because it's been, it's been a rough go since he's been back. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next one, New England and the chargers. New England is five and six. The chargers are three and eight is a 47 and a half point over under, but it is an even, it is a no favorite in this game. Um, So uh, yeah, uh, just whoever you think is going to win. You don't even have to worry about, uh, about uh, giving points or anything like that. So um, in this one, Cam was limited this week with an abdomen issue, but he is expected to play. Kalen Balaj was limited with an ankle issue, the same thing that kept him out last week. So probably not going to play, probably not going to matter either way with Austin Eckler coming back. So not much to worry about there. And Ev- or, I'm sorry, Mike, you want to know if Jacoby Myers is a sleeper alert. Um, this week for for the guy who um, is getting a lot of targets there in New England. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. I, I tweeted out a couple of days ago about how there's only been three Patriots that have scored in the top 24 as far as wide receivers go, um, and uh, three of them for three weeks. So you had like Julian Edelman in like week four, and then you had Jacoby Myers in like week nine. And then last week you had the other receiver. Um, oh, what's his name? Um, I can't think of the other receiver right now um, on the Patriots. Not not Nikhil Harry, but uh, yeah. Anyways, um, that guy. Um, so that guy. 
that guy. Um, anyway, so Myers has slowed down the past two games. Um, following a three-game stretch, we scored at least 13 PPR points, has played in 24 games, and still looking for his first career touchdown catch. Uh, but the Chargers' secondary is tough. Uh, they they will they are definitely one of the best. They rank fifth, um, the toughest to score on for fantasy points. But even so, I, I think Myers is worth a flex spot or at least a wide receiver option for fantasy owners because really, he's really the only wide receiver that the Patriots have. He really is, and this is coming from a Nikhil Harry stand. Uh, Harry sucks. Sorry, I'm done. Call me, call me back in a couple years when uh, when he gets the Corey Davis, Devontae Parker jump, and then I'll be back in on Nikhil Harry. But yeah, Jacoby Myers, the only wide receiver worth their salt on um, on the Patriots. And Evan, you want to know if on the other side of the ball, the Chargers, if Austin Eckler uh, is going to have, you set the over-under for targets at $1 million. Well, I mean, all last week I was like, Anthony Lynn checked it out, likes to ease injured backs back in slowly. Austin Eckler has been really injured. And Austin Eckler got 14 carries and 16 targets. So if that's easing him back in slowly, the sky's the limit this week. You know, I'm thinking 50, 60 targets, 7,000 points, you know. I like 7,000 points. Nice. That seems like a lot. Is that PPR? Uh, HPPR. HPPR. Okay, so in, in, in non-PPR, you're talking like 40 points? Because it's just going to be a ton of receptions yeah. for a little just, bit of yards? Just check downs. All right, then. So that's the, all right. So that's all we got for New England and the Chargers. So why don't we Demir go ahead and move Bird. on? That was the guy I was thinking of. Oh, Demir Bird. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Mike comes from the depths to <laughs> Demir Bird. So let's go. Ahead, let's move on to Denver and Kansas City. Denver four and seven. Kansas City ten and one. This is the Sunday night game. Fifty-one point over under. Chiefs are fourteen point favorites. And injuries in this one. Uh, Philip Lindsay was limited on Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday in practice. Um, Jerry Judy was limited in with an ankle in practice as well. Judy expected to play Lindsay, a true toss up, uh, CEH is sick. It's not COVID. It's probably suckitis because that's what the whole running game there is infected with, uh, in Kansas city. So Evan, you want to know if uh, Denver's passing game will be upgraded to a live with, as we mentioned on Tuesday, all the quarterbacks coming back from the COVID IR. They only need one, you know, they only need one. Yeah. Tim Patrick has a streak of. Five without injury. Five out of seven games where he wasn't injured, he got over 10 fantasy points come to a – well, I guess that wasn't a streak. But he had zero last week, and nobody started him. Nobody started anybody. And they're going to – I'm going on a limb here. They're going to be playing from behind against Kansas City here. And they're going to have to pass it. So I'm, I'm hoping to see some passing from Denver's passing game because I'm going to tell you what, there are a lot of K.J. Hamler – well, K.J. Hamler sucks. There are a lot of Tim Patricks out there. I got him in two leagues this week. So, you know, what's his ownership percentage? I got this open right here. I can just call him up and tell you that Tim Patrick's ownership percentage in Yashu who leagues. 20%, sorry, rostered percentage. So he's available. He's got the talent. He's got the opportunity. Doesn't quite have the offense. But right now, if you're in the position where you can't be picking and choosing, it's good enough for me. I yeah. like him as a wide receiver three flex option. Weekly. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's a uh, he's a dart throw like wide receiver three. Yeah, so like we're we're all giving very strong uh, endorsements, I guess is what <laughs> is what uh, we're saying here. But uh, yeah, the the deeper parts of the passing game, if they can be alive, uh, Denver's built on uh, taking long shots, and then when that doesn't work, uh, dinking and dunking to get the yardage back to first down. So, um, Mike, you want to know if Melvin Gordon in this Denver offense will be top twenty four? You know, I, I I like it much better that because. Uh, Philip Lindsay, did we? Is he been ruled out, or is he just likely out? Likely out. He's not been ruled out yet. Okay, so much. I, I don't think Philip Lindsay is going to play, and if he doesn't, I really like it. Um, not so much if Philip Lindsay does play, but uh, Gordon has five games this season with, with at least 15 touches, and he scored at least 11 PPR points in all of them, while averaging about 17 points PPR points over that span. Now he has Kansas City, and Kansas City has allowed four total touchdowns to running backs in the past three games. So in three games, they've allowed four touchdowns to running backs, and they are the 21st easiest team to score on fantasy points on for running backs. So with this being mostly a Melvin Gordon backfield, if Phil Lindsay's out, go with it, roll with it. I kind of even like it as him being a flex option for you guys if Philip Lindsay even plays. So He's definitely a one uh, should be finished in the top 24 with Lindsay out and a definitely right around the 30, 36 mark um, for if Lindsay is is playing. Yeah, I mean, it's um, he's been what he was in Denver or in San Diego slash L.A. just on fewer touches, just not very efficient, scoring a bunch of touchdowns. But, hey, that's good enough to be top 24 if you're scoring those touchdowns. So let's get into the wonky part of the schedule, shall we? Yeah, this is very wonky. I mean, I didn't even realize how wonky it was until I was starting to put type my type in my questions and went, oh. Yeah. So we got 2 a.m. or 2 a.m. That would be real wonky. 2 p.m. Cool. <laughs> 2 p.m. Pacific. That's All like right. World Cup soccer times to get up for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Monday afternoon football, as I call it. Um, it's uh, Pittsburgh hosting the Washington team football. Pittsburgh is 11 and 0. Washington is 4 and 7. Like I said, this 2 p.m. kickoff on Fox. So if you're wondering where to find it, it is going to be on Fox. 42 point over under, uh, which I did not think that uh, Cincinnati and Miami would get beaten, but this game is even lower. Buffalo, I'm sorry, Buffalo. That's uh, the next game. Pittsburgh, seven point favorites. Injuries in this one. Bryce Love will not be making his way back from the IR this year, so uh, he didn't play at all this year, but uh, he was a guy that I've been monitoring because I like him. For the Steelers, Bud Dupree tours ACL, and James Conner is still on COVID IR. That's a situation to monitor. Uh, they didn't have to really do injury reports because they played day before yesterday, so just keep a track of that this weekend. But if James Conner is questionable to come back from COVID IR, probably not a guy you're going to want to go with unless you have some pivots in Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas, or Baltimore, or even um, Washington team football. You could be deciding between, uh, you know, J.D. McKissick or James Conner. So there are some pivots, but just keep an eye on that for James Conner. Well, especially with the Washington team football being the third toughest to score on for running back. So they are really good against the run. Yeah, so there you go. So it might not even be the best start for you to make this week for James Conner. Anyways, you might get saved from yourself because of COVID. And so in this one, Mike, you want to know, though, if Ben Roethlisberger can be a top 12 quarterback this week. Yeah, Roethlisberger should be considered uh, a top 10 quarterback for for week 13 against uh, Washington. 
Uh, prior to week 13, he has scored at least 20 fantasy points in three games in a row. Um, and, you know, someone that's just throwing the ball a lot. You know, we I don't know what, what's going on with all these quarterbacks. And in the beginning of the season, got nothing out of them. We're bottom barrel, you know, Roethlisberger, Rivers, all these guys, 15 or below, QB 15 or below. Now, all of a sudden, the last few weeks, it's been they're the ones that are throwing the ball. And the running backs have been taking the back seat to everything. And Roethlisberger is definitely one of those. Uh, he Roethlisberger has attempted at least 42 passes in each outing. Uh, and in the first five home games, he was averaging 24 and a half fantasy points per game. WTF, however, is the tenth toughest against quarterbacks. The, the Washington team football. I almost said the bad word. Washington <laughs> team football. The who? Yeah, yeah we're going to exactly. get one of those. <laughs> um, is Their defense is really good. I mean, I know you don't, I know not you, but a lot of people out there don't consider them a good defense, but they are really good. In fact, I'm, I'm going to go on the limb and I'm going to predict an upset. WTF with the win against the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. That's quite the, wow. I mean, we'll see how that plays out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue against it. Just like, you know, the two season long streaks are going to get snapped this weekend. Washington team football is going to, going to beat the Steelers and the Jets are going to win this week. So real crazy set of circumstances going down. Right, Evan? (laughs) That is negative. That's a negative. All right. Well, well fine. Well, Antonio Gibson still get workloaded in a blowout, which is not going to be a blowout, Evan. Checkmate. Antonio Gibson has had five straight weeks of over 10 fantasy points, including a 34-point HPPR fantasy performance last week. However, in those five weeks, he played Dallas, New York Giants, Detroit, Cincinnati, Dallas. Not not the not the cream of the playoff crop here. In fact, the last time he played a, a team that could be described as remotely good was Week Five, when they got blown out 30 to 10 by the Los Angeles Rams, and he had 11 carries for 27 yards. So I'm wondering if this game is going to be like that, or is it going to be like the Week Four game against Baltimore, where they lost 31 to 17, and it wasn't that close, honestly, but he managed to score 20 points. Uh, I don't know. That's what I'm watching for. Yeah, to see if he gets some consistent usage. Um, they've kind of gone away from J.D. McKissick in the last um, couple weeks. So I think maybe, yeah, I know. He was a nice little cheat code for a while. But um, with the blowout, we can definitely see how, the, if there is a blowout, um, we can see how the usage goes down. And if there's not a blowout, your question is useless, Evan. Yeah, it's going to even get harder for him. Uh, talking about uh, those teams, those easy teams. There's only two teams tougher against the run than the Redskins, and Steelers are one of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Steelers are killer against the run. So, um, well, I'll definitely let the fact that Mike said the old team name slide. In, I it, caught myself. I caught myself. I, you I was, said it. Ugh. You said the name. All right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the real Monday Night Football game. Buffalo 8-3, and three, Niners 5-6. and six. This is at normal time, 5-15 over there on ESPN. 48 point over under. Buffalo 1.5 point favorites. Uh, Matt Milano for the Bills might be back from IR. We don't know yet. Um, Niners, uh, Debo Samuel uh, sat this week in practice. It was precautionary. He's good to go. Brandon Ayuk is back from COVID. But there is one bad piece of information for my Niners. I was going to say I didn't have any bad information, but I have one bet piece of bad news, and it's Tevin Coleman is back. 
Tevin Coleman is off, is off of IR. Yeah, so he's going to get eight carries for 13 yards um, in this one, and we'll we'll kill at least one drive with those carries. So so uh, keep that in mind in this one um, against the Bills, who are you can run on the Bills. So um, that just says how bad I think Tevin Coleman is. But uh, Evan, you want to know if this is going to be a predictably medium game? Yeah, it feels like however the defense is playing at the time, that's how good Josh Allen's fantasy has been. It feels boringly consistent. Uh, For instance, he scored 32 points against the horrible Jets week one. The Jets shorted up, got some people back from injuries, and held them to 16 points in week seven. I would call the Niners right now. They have both their cornerbacks back, and uh, they still racked with injuries. I'd call them a medium defense. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a medium 20 to 25 point game from Josh Allen. And if not, I'm like, whoa, you actually surprised me for for once this season. Good job. Yeah. I, I would say that they're, they're, it's not a medium defense, though. So take that. How do you it's, like them apples? It's, it's horrible. No. John Brown's still in IR. Well, they put him on IR last week. <laughs> so I'd say so. Oh, yeah, that's three weeks, isn't it? Yeah, it's three weeks this year. But, yeah, the Niners are bottom 10 in fantasy points allowed. Um, they have only allowed two quarterbacks to get uh, uh, more than two touchdowns against them this year. Uh, Kyler had two. Darnold had one. Daniel Jones had zero. Wentz had two. Goff had two. Cam had zero. Brees had one. They murdered Drew Brees, though, so there is that. And Goff had zero last week. So I think that that's, uh, I don't think they're a medium defense. I think you're, uh, you, you might be uh, in for a world of hurt if you think that the Niners D is, is just medium. Um, and you're going to work off of Josh Allen with that. They've, it's been the only good part of the team this year um, has been the defense. Um, so, Mike, you wanted to know if Raheem Mostert can be top 24 in this one against the Bills. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Buffalo, you know, they, they can be run on um, – and they they have allowed a running back to score or gain at least 100 total yards in seven games in a row with uh, seven touchdowns allowed over that span. Bills are tied for the 19th easiest to score on for running backs. Uh, you know, you could tell me how this is going to fit in, but Mostert is still sharing touches with Wilson and McKinnon. But I think he is the lead back overall. And if you know, I, I think he he's going to be in for at least a top 24 performance, given the fact that both Wilson and McKinnon are going to get involved in this. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, a lot of uh, a split backfield. It's going to be cut up a bunch of different ways. So, yeah, that's the only thing that keeps me questioning if Mostert's going to be top 24. Um, is, is, as you said, the backfield getting cut up. And I was ready to be done, guys. I was ready to move on to FanDuel. Cut print, but I forgot we got Tuesday night football this week. Uh, Dallas three and eight, Baltimore six and five. There's no line on this yet because of the game just happening um, with uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, so I don't have a line on this. Um, for Dallas injury, Zach Martin with a calf injury is expected to be out three to four weeks. With Baltimore, a whole bunch of COVID stuff. Uh, no new positives yesterday, which is good. Lamar Jackson may be off of COVID IR in time. Who knows? 
Dobbins came off today. Mark Ingram is trending towards coming off. So um, RG3 did not practice. If they would have practiced today with a thigh injury, fingers crossed it doesn't matter for the Ravens because Lamar Jackson's back and they don't have to go with McSorley time. And uh, so fingers crossed for the Ravens in this one. And Mike, you want to know if um, on the other side of the ball, if we got a sleeper alert for CD Lamb. Yeah, it's kind of surprising talking about C.D. Lamb as a sleeper alert, but ever since Dak Prescott's gone out, you, you guys have seen the quarterback play with Ben DiNucci and whoever else has been the quarterback there. And Andy Dalton, he struggled the first couple games that they put him in right after Dak Prescott went out, but he sort of gotten in the groove a little bit, and I think that's helped Lamb. Lamb has 13 targets in those two games since uh, Dalton has been back. He did score in week 11 at Minnesota, but overall, he only has nine catches for 50 yards in those outings. It's, it's going to be difficult for Lamb to find the end zone, uh, especially against a team like Baltimore that has allowed the fewest touchdowns uh, to receivers this year. They've only allowed five touchdowns um, to wide receivers. The Rams are the seventh toughest team fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. But, the you know... I mean, it's it's going to be sort of a week since they played, but that game was just brutal against Pittsburgh, and they they might just be a little worn out. And it, being a little worn out, especially if you're a good defense like the Ravens are, will only help someone like Dalton, which will in turn help Lamb. I sure hope C.D. Lamb does well because I love C.D. Lamb, and uh, it's been rough watching him languish with these backup quarterbacks and not Dak. Uh, not exactly what I envisioned this year. And speaking of not what we envisioned this year, Evan, you want to know about Lamar Jackson having a top 12 week, I'm assuming pending health. Yes. Pending health. He plays or not even pending health. Cause it's not like he has a top 12 week when he doesn't play. Uh, <laughs> Dallas, Very is true. Up, Dallas is giving up the eighth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Dallas sucks. Lamar. Come on, man. I got, I get one more week of you in our two quarterback football absurdity league for you to do something so I can make the playoffs. Just do something, please. I love you, but do something. God. Counter counterpoint. Don't. Oh, cause that's better for me. And or, well, Mike, you're out of it, but that's better for me. If you, how's Waleed doing? I don't know. I'll check in a minute. Ask Waleed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that'll do it for week 13. Um, put that one to bed. Let's go. Ahead. Let's talk about, FanDuel are our DFS picks for this one on our weekly contest. So, Mike, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Yeah, it was sort of a down week for all three of us. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I did win, of course, because, you know, I, I always do. And um, I, with my – but 120 points, you know, that that's not something – That's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. That That's not something where you're going to hit me up on Twitter and go, hey, Mike. What do you think of such and such for DFS this week? Um, yeah, not with that score. Um, and then Evan, 91 points. And then Jeff, I, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what happened either. I'm trying to figure this out. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if anybody could try to figure out that. Uh, but 76 points. Uh, overall, uh, I'm in the lead. 1,503 points. Second place, Evan, 1,468 points. And Jeff... You haven't hit the 1,400 points yet? 1,376. I figured out what happened. Kalen Balaj didn't play, 
so that kneecapped me. Derek Carr oh, got negative 1.4 points, so that kneecapped me. And Brian Hill sucked butt, so that kneecapped me. I mean, I hit on my other guys. Oh, Dalvin Cook. You got, you got Raidered. But I hit on Robbie Anderson, Nelson. No, because Nelson Aguilar had 10.4. He did fine. The Giants got 11. It's just stupid Derek Carr. Stupid Derek Carr. I knew I shouldn't have listened to, to myself. All right. Let's uh let's go let's go to the next one. On to the next one, folks. On to the next one. On to the next one. All right, Mike. So what is your FanDuel lineup this week? Um, that's a good question. On to the next one. I, I have it, but I don't know where it went. So I'm gonna have to bring it up again. Okay. I can go ahead and um I'll do mine first. Okay, and then I have mine too. Okay. So, uh, like I said, I choose w- whether or not I'm going to build my lineup around Dalvin Cook or Devontae Adams. This week, I decided to go with Dalvin Cook, so I'm building my lineup around him. So, he is in my uh, running back slot. My other running back is David Montgomery, who's playing against uh, Detroit, who's the worst against um, running backs. Then I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, Ryan Tannehill as my quarterback. Then my wide receivers are Brandon Cooks, a newly minted wide receiver one in um, Indian or in Houston. Um, think he'll get the target volume to offset the good the bad matchup. Then I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh, Allen Robinson against the Lions, as well as uh, guess who I uh, guess who I think is gonna have a bounce back this week. We talked about him earlier, Cooper Cup. Then I'm gonna go ahead and lean in. Yeah, then I'm gonna go ahead and lean into Kyle Rudolph without Irv Smith. And all this does is it clears up enough space to make my flex Austin Eckler, baby. Save that hammer for the uh, for the um, for the end of it. And I'm going to go ahead and think that Troops throws a couple interceptions. And I'm going with a very cheap uh, de- <laughs> uh, defense to make this all work uh, with the Detroit Lions for thirty five hundred bucks. So I'm hoping for some sacks, some interceptions, maybe a fumble recovery, stuff like that. And uh Hopefully that works out. So again, my lineup is Tannehill, Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, Kyle Rudolph, Austin Eckler, and the Detroit defense slash special teams. All right, Mike, now do you go ahead? Now do you have that lineup up? I have it up and ready to go. All right, let's hear it. So quarterback, the bearded magic one, or the magic bearded one, however you want to say it. Ryan. There's a beard, there's magic, it's all there. It's Fitz, it's Patrick, it's Ryan, it's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it's uh, Fitzpatrick against Cincinnati, 7,400. Running backs, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Booker, uh, Cook at 10,500. You better come through for me because, yeah. Ooh, um, Booker, 6,000. Uh, wide receivers, DK Metcalf. I said it's going to be Lockett's week. Maybe it'll be both their week. I'm hoping it'll be both their week against the Giants for 8,500. Jarvis Landry, 6,000. And Michael Pittman, got to get a Colt in there somewhere for 5,600. I like that price, 5,600 against Houston. Yeah, pretty cheap. Uh, And then tight end, Robert Tonyan, 5,900. Flex, it's sort of a waste because I wasted all my money bringing in Dalvin Cook at 10-5. So I got a throwaway player for LaVisca Chenault at 5,200. And then the Dolphins for my defense. So to run that back, quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, running backs, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Booker, the double Ds, uh, wide receiver, 
DK Metcalf, Jarvis Landry, Michael Pittman, tight end Robert Tanyan, flex, Chenault, defense, the Miami Finns. See, I don't I, I like Chenault as a flex. Don't don't, don't call it a punt. I, I I have that spot in my heart for LaVisca Chenault still. Uh, probably not gonna pay off. Fingers crossed it doesn't pay off. And they got the Vikings, so you know, it might. It might. So uh Evan, you got uh you got your lineup ready to go, so let's hear that one and then we this, can get out of here. This has to be a first. Besides the defense, I don't have any players in common with you all. Yeah, I was just noticing that. Yeah, so I I'm opening up with Kirk Cousins. He's seventy three hundred dollars. He gets Thielen back. Top four, two weeks in a row. Jacksonville don't care. Give me Kirk Cousins all day at 7,300. Then give me, I guess, Nick Chubb. He's looked great. He's looked amazingly great. And it's broken my heart as a Kareem Hunt truther. So if you don't love him, join him. I'm getting him. Steep price, $8,700, but I'll make it work. And then I disagree with Mike. I think Wayne Gallman's an okay play this week. I don't think uh colt mccoy is that big of a downgrade against daniel jones because it's not like they were like oh daniel jones is in i better not scheme against the run even before then and for 6100 I'll, I'll take that bet and then wide receiver uh, i i'm leading with my my strongest foot uh 4800 kiki kuti because everyone i'm <laughs> i'm sorry what was that <laughs> kiki kuti kiki kuti <laughs> everyone else on on houston has died so Let's have his second. Let's have a repeat of that one game he had that one time. All right, for forty eight hundred dollars, I'll do it. And then Adam Thielen, seventy eight hundred dollars. I, I believe he's going to come storming back here uh, after getting a week off against Jacksonville. And then Tyler Lockett for seventy nine hundred dollars. Uh, I think Seattle's going to beat up on the Giants. Uh, I don't really remember why I put this one in here, but it seemed like a good idea at the time, so I'm going with it. Earlier <laughs> Evan is always smarter than current Evan. That's the main rule. No matter no, no matter how hung am I over I am, earlier Evan smarter than current Evan. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson's been looking like fire on Detroit, so he's my tight end at 6100. And then Jonathan Taylor, like I said, I think the Indianapolis Colts running game is going to get an injection of. Jonathan Selin. Yes, Jonathan Selin. Nailed it. And uh, it's going to, uh, for $6,400, I'll take that. And then, yeah, Miami for $4,900. So quickly from the top, Kirk Cousins, Nick Chubb, Wayne Gallman, Kiki Kuti, Adam Thielen, Lockett, whatever his first name is, Tyler, TJ Hawkinson, Jonathan Taylor, and your Miami Dolphins defense. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, number one. All right. So that'll do it for this week. You guys have anything to add about week 13? We made it, boys. Next week is the playoffs. So we've made Good it through the season. Good luck to everyone who needs season. to win it in. I think there's four leagues I need to win it in. I could I could have five of my six leagues make the playoffs, or I could have one of my six leagues make the playoffs. Well, if you're in a win and in situation now, when you tell the story in years from now, you can just say that uh, the playoffs started in week 13. Fair enough. Because you're technically in the playoffs right now, and that's my uh, my home league. Playoffs don't start till week 15, but week uh, because only four teams out of 12 make it. But all of December, yeah, all of December is basically jockeying for position. It's actually more fun this way. It's hard. It's weird to say, but because there's so much parity, we have a lot of guys who are like we're like looking at like point totals and all this stuff because they're like. Only one guy has clinched the playoffs so far. He's 10 and two, and that's it. So there's a lot of scenarios that are going to play out. So um, look into fewer playoff teams, not more, because it makes uh, December more fun. That's my, it's my, my broke brain advice for everybody. 
So, all right, we will be back next week for week 14. Um, but before that, we'll be back on Tuesday. And if you want to hear the answers to our questions that we asked today, you can go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash football absurdity. And we will get you those answers to those questions as well as my hot takes about every game. Not every not every take is hot. I, I try, but I sometimes I fall short. So for Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. Take care and you have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.